0: And I created an acronym where it's like ICE, where it's identify your threats, create a plan and execute the mission. You gotta identify what the problems are, what areas of your life that throws you off balance. So if you are ambushed, which I call that suicide bombing, being ambushed, but I call anything in life that throws you off balance, an ambush. Whether it's gonna be like a client quitting, whether it's gonna be uh, an objection on a sales call or a death in the family, someone gets sick or a car breaking down. No matter what it is, these are different th- uh, things and threats that can really throw you off balance. How are you going to respond to it? So being part of the, the Marine Corps, I love acronyms. So I have one other acronym that I literally walk, you know go by every single day, and it's called the Daily Creed. And Creed stands for your daily belief. And what, what the Creed actually, what I broke it down to, it stands for commitment, resilience, excellence, execution, and discipline. Let's go! You're listening to... The Heat Fluence Podcast. And we're having candid and actionable conversations about your health, relationships, business, and ministry. And now here's your host, the second chance coach for men, Michael David Huey.
1: Guys, welcome to another session of the Heat Fluence podcast. Um, it's it's actually a cloudy day here in Florida, which I'm kind of used to now and it's um, it, it's been uh, uh, a great season in, uh, in my my wife and I were, were laughing um, we we had we went to see my father last night we moved over to Florida so we went to see my father last night and 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 jr i'll just say this before i introduce my guest is we just we saw the most bugs gnats and bugs (laughs) we'd ever seen in our entire life like literally you could not see two feet in front of you to drive that's how many bugs there were of course then you're scared to get off out of the car right because they're going to get in your car and i just had my car detailed so my detail guy came back over today he goes what happened and i was like um a bug attack right and and um it it's just amazing like i didn't you know living over on the east coast and now moving over to central florida this year it's just different like you live on the water and you've got to deal with the bugs right like it's just it's like okay so you um the privilege of living on the water to dealing with the bugs right Yeah. and um you know uh, i'm uh, taking a trip next week i'm going up to ohio because I can obviously being an entrepreneur, I can work from wherever I want, but just the change of the seasons. Like I love the change of the seasons. Like I love being able to go to Ohio next week and play golf and it's 60 degrees instead of 90 degrees. Right? Cause yeah. um, you know, it, it was funny. I, I, I had did a podcast interview earlier today with my friend, Michael Faber. And we were laughing cause he said, Hey Michael, I saw that you, you play a lot of golf. Are you any good? You know? And I was like, well, I shot six under last week. And he's like, I'm never playing with you. Right? But, but, I, but I said, hey, look, it's not about this. You know, golf is a game where, uh, you know, I watched the U.S. Open this weekend, uh, Jr. and I saw Bryson DeChambeau, you know, he won by seven strokes, right? And yeah. and it was a course where he was the only person to shoot under par. And if you know much about his story, he, you know, both of us are in, in, in you know, healthy guys and fit and work out and take care of our bodies. Um, Bryson put on like 30 pounds during the uh, pandemic, right? Like he hired a trainer, started eating all these calories, calories and the next thing you know the dude is a freaking beast right and, well, awesome. and of course he's hitting the ball 360 yards wow. and and if you look the average person hits it about 295 right so he's 75 yards farther down 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 the you know the fairway and and it's a change it's cha- things are changing like you know we're evolving into different things you know where where people had a lot of brick and mortar businesses we saw those things change so um i i know that that jr is a man of integrity and is a man of change. He, he, he's motivated and I'm, I'm going to share a little bit about him and then I'll, and then I'll introduce him to you guys. He I, I didn't know, I felt like I know him, but then he went on a retreat with my friend, Tim uh, Douglas, which they just had an amazing, amazing time. I was actually texting with Tim earlier today. He's uh, stepping out and doing some things and I know JR has been a great influence in him doing a lot of things and 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 moving forward in some things that he's, you know, called to do when we're, I, I, I believe, and maybe we'll will touch on this as we talk, JR, is a lot of times, you know, God entrusts us with things like God entrusts us with a spouse. God entrusts us with, you know, things that it, it's ours to steward. It's, it, you know, everything, if if, it, uh, if everything we have comes from God and God entrusts us with it, then it's our responsibility to steward it correctly, right? And uh, yeah. it's funny, my, my pastor asked me to do a small group for the church, you know, add another thing on my table. And I'm, and I'm really okay with saying no to things, but when your pastor asks you to do it, you kind of try to find a well, way to to say no, out, yeah. right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, I'm I'm teaching a biblical stewardship of how to steward your health, oh, and nice. I believe that you know God says to present ourselves a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to Him. Right. And that and it said, you know what it says, JR? It says it's our reasonable sacrifice. Our reasonable sacrifice. So if it's reasonable, we should probably do it, right? Yeah. And so um, I like what what I when I was reading about JR and he, he sent me this and I had some things put together, but he sent me another thing that said he's a US combat veteran. So thank you for your service. I didn't know yeah. that. Uh, fourth degree black belt, uh, which I have a friend of mine that's a six degree back black belt. I mean, anything above one black belt is crazy, but when you're fourth, and my friend Jose does Cervo teaches. He owns four dojos um, nice. in the New Jersey area. And he's, he's, and and now, I love this. Um, JR helps professionals and coaches scale their businesses um, uh, and creates funnels. And I know that that I, I've read up on all the stuff that he does and he makes a massive impact in, in the lives of people. So, I just want to welcome, uh, I, I feel like this is long overdue and we had to do a podcast interview to actually get to know. I, I feel like we know each other. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of mutual friends uh we have a lot and and then finally when i reached out to him and i said hey man you know i've I've got like a couple spots left this year i'd really like for you to be on he said great he jumped on and scheduled it and so welcome to the heatfulness podcast my my new friend jr spear so welcome brother god yeah I'm, i'm
0: excited thank you for this opportunity
1: that's great um, one, of, one of the things I like about being able to have this platform is that I go back at night times and I listen to these recordings, right? It's really yeah. funny. We were driving to church yesterday and I was listening to um, one that my I did with my friend, Sean Q. And, and you know, it, the, the thing I like is about watching someone transform their life through becoming an entrepreneur. And, and maybe you're probably listening to this on iTunes or Anchor or something and you can't see me and JR. We do these on video so that we can go back and use them to promote things and to, I have a shirt on today that says entrepreneur, right? And 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 I think when you think about the word entrepreneur, I think it starts with your story. So I'm gonna I I I I had a lot of uh, um, what I want to call a structure to this, and the Lord told me to kind of uh, let Him lead me and guide me in these interviews. So so Jr, I want you to share your story, like where you came from, your life, things that you're doing, and how you got yourself to this point, and then we'll I'm gonna I got my pen here, I'm gonna take. Some notes because I like to take notes. I I've kind of teetered back and forth with waiting till afterwards to take notes, but now I want to do it so that I can kind of lead us and guide us down the next phase of what we talk about. So uh, yeah, tell me a little bit about Jr.
0: Yeah, I mean it's uh I I have a pretty crazy childhood and just a life that kind of led me where I'm at. I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri, and um, moved to Virginia in 2016. Met my wife when I was in the military stationed out here in uh, Northern Virginia at the Quantico Marine Corps Base, which is the headquarters for the Marine Corps, and. Our first date was a Marine Corps ball, so it was uh, definitely a magical first date. We've been married eleven years now. Um, Have two little boys, have a four-year-old, have a two-year-old, and we got a little girl on the way. That's due any day now. Praise God! That's awesome. Yeah, so we're we're super excited about all that and just the kind of growth from her family. But (coughs) so my childhood was very different than uh, than probably the typical kids, just because I grew up in a family-owned business. Uh, My mom always owned a martial arts and fitness studio, so. Uh, Learning how to grow up really fast was something that I have four sisters, something that me and all my four sisters had to learn how to do. So we we were always part of the the school where we had to go to the dojo and and dojan, depending if it, if you're talking about karate or, or taekwondo. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so I've we, learned we were,
1: that. I've learned all that, Jr. From my yeah. friend Jose. He's taught me because I asked him all those questions, like you know, what's the difference and stuff. So that's good you brought that up.
0: Yeah, it's just uh, just different language of what what they say. But we get, we grew up in the in the martial arts and fitness studio. So like when people are going to play with their friends and doing stuff. Me and my sisters, we, we would go to school and then we'd get out and we go right to the martial arts school and we'd get home at 10 o'clock at night. And that was our life. I remember when I was really little, uh, I asked my mom, I was like, how come I don't play any sports? Like I, I did play sports eventually, but this is like probably second grade or whatnot. I was like, why don't they play any sports? And she was like, you do, you do, you do karate, you do martial arts. And that is a sport. And I just thought that was something that everyone did. So I didn't know how to separate it being a sport and whatever it was. Um, I ended up playing football and hockey and stuff for for many many years after that as well. So I, I wasn't deprived of other sports, but you know that that was something that that I um, got into. And then towards uh well, when I hit thirteen, you know, I started really teaching classes and learning how to be a leader and learning how to take control of a class and. It would be me, thirteen years old, and I'm controlling a class of like twenty-five men and women, grown adults, and they're all listening and respecting into what I what I have is just because I knew what what I was supposed to do. I knew how to do it. I had great form, and I competed all over the U.S. So, I mean, I, I've done various styles of martial arts. I don't train anymore, um, mainly because uh, an injury I got, which I'll be talking about here in a second. Um, but you know, at a very young age, I really learned how to grow up fast and learn how to be a leader, which was pivotal pivot. It was very it was very crucial in my life at, at that time, and I didn't know it until I got much older and um getting in teenage years i was very rebellious and you know i i was kind of like didn't listen to anyone or anything you know you think you got the discipline by being a martial artist but I, i really steered hanging out the wrong crowd doing the wrong things and and doing doing dumb stuff and uh it's funny i don't really share this with many people but like my, my grandma, I, well, first off, uh, I remember one day of high school, It's was probably junior year of high school and I ended up skipping school. I had a lot of tickets. I, it was like, if I stepped foot in a car, I was getting a ticket of some sort. The cops knew me by first name <laughs> and it. and I never paid them. So I literally would take the ticket, wave to the suit, throw it in my glove box and then it was stacked of tickets. So eventually that put me like overnight jail and, until someone pays my bond or, or something like that. But um, there was a time where I, I had to pay off some of the tickets. So I stayed home and I was like, okay, I lost my license. So I asked my grandma if I could, if she could drive me around to go to pawn some things. Um, at the time, you couldn't really, there was no like Facebook or anything like that. So you weren't selling. No. <laughs> so it was all it was all like pawn shops. So I was I was going to pawn shops. And the thing is, she put me in the car. She said, yes, I have the backseat full of stuff. And she drove me uh, down, down the street and she made a turn. And I was like, where the heck is she going? So she made a turn into this plaza and parks there. And she says, get your butt inside and don't come out until you sign up for a branch of the service. And that was like the most important time of my life. And I was like, you know, I'm Thank not going to say. Yeah, I'm not going to say no to my grandma, and it me was me neither.
1: I uh, <laughs> never said no to mine, Jr. She was my best friend growing up.
0: Yeah, and she would brag about that story as, until the day she died. She she passed a few years ago, um, but she she helped raise me and my sisters, and it was very crucial in our life. And it was uh yeah, just someone we really looked up to. So um, I'm very thankful for for that aspect. Getting me in the military because I always say if I didn't go to the military, I don't know what I would have died. It wasn't I wasn't heading towards school uh, or anything like that. So I would either be jailed, dead, or you know running the streets doing something or just kind of working at McDonald's. Um, but you know, I was, I was always very, my my whole personality is like, I I was always very uh, resourceful where I'd get out there and find different things. So I don't know how my life would have turned out, but I can tell you the military was the best thing for me. Um, I only did four years, uh, which, which was a good amount. Only
1: four, (laughs) only.
0: (laughs) Well, I I, I look back now and it's like, you know, I, I talked to some friends and they're getting ready to retire. And I'm like, man, if I would have stayed in, I would be retired in like a year or two. And it just kind of, kind of makes me sick. But you know, God had a different plan for me and I'm, I'm extremely thankful for that. And, uh, the cool thing is like during that time where I signed up for the military and uh, I, I've been a Christian since eight years old and it was the, the story about me become, becoming a Christian was like we we had our babysitter, we lived in an apartment complex and my, my family didn't really go to church. I was eight years old at the time, probably seven when we started going to church and I just always begged my mom, hey mom, can I go with Joanne to church? And she let me go every single week and then eventually I ended up bringing my family to church and it, it ended up being something that me and my family did for the rest of our lives and uh, even to this day and I I accepted Christ as my savior when I was eight years old Um, and then I still went through the rebellious stage but I had that mindset saying oh you know God loves me he'll forgive me later type deal. And it was just like, okay, I'll do something stupid, but you know, God will forgive me. I'll ask for forgiveness later. And that's kind of how I lived. You lived a life
1: of grace, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's kind of how I lived every single day. And um, I rededicated my life when I was 17. And it's funny, I was sharing the story the other day and I haven't really talked about it, but before that, you you know, being like 15 and 16 and stuff like that. I didn't realize that I was actually quite a bully, and it, I had a wake-up call one day. Um, it was like I was—we started going to church, and um, I rededicated my life. It was during the holiday season when they, we had a bunch of holiday stuff, and the Holy Spirit really grabbed my heart. I didn't know what was going on. I remember us doing—we uh, were worshiping in the front of the church. It was very charismatic, and I, I still had a sack of weed in my pocket. And <laughs> I, I remember—I remember worshiping. And then all of a sudden, it was like during the, the altar call, I found myself in the front of the service. I had no clue how I got up there. There's over three to 5,000 people in the, in the service, and I was up here standing by Pastor Jeff, and I'm like, how in the heck did I get up here? <laughs> and But I can tell you, the Holy Spirit like literally changed my life from that second on. Like I pulled it in my pocket, and I was like, I don't want this. I had no desire for it. I threw it away outside right when I walked out. But the, the, the crazy thing is, when I went to school, that was probably like a Friday or Saturday. When I went to school that Monday, I'm sitting in choir class, and there was this kid next to me. And I actually said hi to him and, and different things like that. And he like looked at me and then like jumped back. And that's when I realized the impact I was doing where I wasn't making a positive impact on other people. That's when being, you realize you were a bully? Yeah. That's when I realized like, okay, I must've been a bully because there's something, there's a reason why he's scared of me and why he jumped. And I didn't, I never realized it. So when you're living in hate and anger and, and not of Christ and and kind of like a completely different lifestyle, you just don't realize what you're doing until you're like so far deep. And when the Holy Spirit took me, it was like, I literally transformed o- overnight. And it was, it was Pretty phenomenal, and just my life hasn't been the same since. Um, when I signed up for the military, I actually went into the Navy, and that was in 2003. I signed up in 2002, so I did like the whole debt program. And I signed up the same job uh, that my grandfather did. He he retired Navy after 22 years, and he was aviation boats handler. And so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do that. I didn't want, I never would want to go Air Force or Army uh, for whatever reason. I was like, okay, you know, I, I never would do that because my uncle was a Marine, and then my uh, my grandfather was Navy. I wouldn't go marine at the time because I was like, you know, they work too hard. So, so I wanted to go navy and be like, okay, let me let me kind of do this. And the crazy thing is, I went in as an aviation boatsman handler, knew nothing about it. It was like fuel men on ship. They wear a purple jacket and stuff like that. And then I went in the uh, to boot camp, and I found out about this job called uh, an RP. It's a religious program specialist, and uh, essentially, I was security for the chaplain in a time of combat. And um, I was I ended up switching over to that billet uh, in boot camp, and it wasn't. It's not a billet that you. Can just sign up for before you get a boot camp you have to be selected and and talk to other chaplains and rps they have to sign off so it's kind of a process but i end up getting it and um and the the, the crazy thing is god had a completely different plan because at the time when i signed up for boot camp i went in the navy i didn't want to join the marines um because they worked too hard and then when i signed up for an rp i end up spending my entire four years with the marine corps so wearing camis wearing wearing uh chucks and everything like that and i'll tell you I wouldn't have won it any other way because I probably would have hated ship life. And <laughs> it was it was uh, pretty phenomenal the of uh, the, pl- the path that God, God made for me. I remember the t- one time in boot camp, we have like fifty or seventy-five people in our bay, I can't even remember. And uh, in our in, in our platoon or gosh, I don't even remember what the navy calls it. But anyways, all, all our people within. I remember our uh, drill instructor, he was standing in the middle of the floor, we're in our our sleeping quarters. And I, I stepped out and walked right up to him. And this is after a couple of weeks in boot camp. And I said, "Is there a way that I could switch to the Marine Corps? Because this is too easy and not what I expected. I expected more physical fitness and stuff like that. And there, there were, I grew up being very fit. I grew up like in the martial arts and fitness and running all the time and stuff like that. And I was preparing for it, so I was running like every single day, doing all the stuff. Yeah. And he just kind of looked down at me and then turned around and walked to his office. But I said this in front of everyone. And then he was like, "No, you got a contract with the Navy. And and that's how I found out about the RP and that you could do it because quartermen can go with the Marines and so can RPs. And at this time, I'm still on, I'm like on fire for God, and I'm like, man, this is awesome that I can go and be part of some sort of ministry and do it. Um, so they have the RP job mainly for security for the chaplain because chaplains are the only true non-combatants in the military. So corpsmen are non-combatants and medical officers are non-combatants, but they can carry for defense. But chaplains they can't even carry for defense. So they used to just put a marine with the chaplain, and uh, eventually they made just a straight billet for the chaplains or for the RP job to work with the chaplain. <laughs> so we would do administrative stuff as well and, um, you know, help with memorial services and anything that he was doing, we do it and in a combat zone, you know, usually when the chaplain RP comes around, it's usually not the best because someone is either injured or hurt or or end up ki- getting killed. So it's like, but you know, we're we're always there trying to provide moral support. So that was my job in the service. And then um, when I, I deployed to Iraq in 2006 to 2007. And uh, we were in the Ambar province and, um, you know, took a Mew. So we took actually ships over there and it <coughs> was part of the 15th Mew. Had had a rough time. Uh, I, I, Me and, me and my chaplain, we didn't get along very well, um, but I was there for service and duty and, and you know, calling that, that God had for me. And I was, regardless of what me and him felt about each other, I was there to serve and protect and, and do what God called me to do. And, and I never I, I never really looked at anyone saying I hate them or I dislike them, but I, if this is my job and what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what I can to service and help. And that I, always try to lead my life by not, I always tell personal trainers, you don't need to be certified and personal trained by what's on a piece of paper. You need to be certified in helping people and certified in servicing people. And that that's one of the most important things that I think. So um, yeah, so we, we deployed to Iraq and, and uh, left for deployment September 13th, uh, 2006. And then on February 7th, uh, it was a day that literally changed my life even even today. And uh, I was involved in a suicide bombing. A guy killed himself literally feet away from me. And uh, it, was, it was life-changing, a uh, big experience. And the thing was me, me, me and the chaplain, we woke up really early one morning. We were get we are gone um on a on a big mission the night before, and we got up really early and we were going out with the COs, sergeant major, and stuff like that to go kind of patrol the city with the other Marines, kind of check on them. And, and uh we are down in town and um went down down to where we had like a walking checkpoint, it was down by the Euphrates River, so um really popular. So if you know where the Euphrates and the Tigris River is in the Bible, that's exactly where we were at. Yep. Uh, so we were right down there, it was right on the water, it was a walking checkpoint. So everyone that walked in and out of the city, we actually had a survey. They, no one can get in and out unless they came through us. Um, and then we have driving checkpoints too, but we had a walking checkpoint. I'm down with the chaplain and for the longest time, so the chaplain is around the corner talking to uh, a bunch of, uh, talking to someone. I don't know if it was our first sergeant or whoever it was, but he was around the corner around some HESCO barriers, so I couldn't really see him. But I was uh, hanging out with another Marine where he was in the center of people walking past. Uh, and <clears throat> we, I was there for probably 30 to 45 minutes, just kind of talking to him, talking to locals, having a smiling face, just boosting morale. And all of us were just kind of like doing our thing because we're down there all the time, and, and just kind of uh, you know being social and just kind of everyone had their place in their job. And for for whatever reason, the I, I had a strong sense in my stomach. It was like a big knot or something was like pulling me. It was like, hey, JR, you need to move. Go check on the chaplain. You need to move now. And I uh, I, I I listened to it. I was like, okay. It was so strong. where we It was making my stomach almost like nauseous. Right? I wanted to puke. And I remember that like clear as day, like, man, why am I feeling like this? Like, I feel like my, my lunch is getting ready to come up and it didn't, it didn't really feel well. So I, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go check on the chaplain. I start walking down and my Sergeant Major walked right past me. And in the Marine Corps, um, you, it's always, you always greet your seniority. So I would be like, uh, good afternoon or good morning, Sergeant Major. And he just looked at me, he's like, RP, <laughs> just really deep voice. And he just, he had, he has one of those voices that you just, you just don't forget. Um, and he, he was very crucial in my time and learning as uh, being an RP. In the military, too. He taught me a ton and really uh, took me under his wings for a lot of different things. And um, and I, I remember him walking me around the camp and just like taking me to artillery, taking me to tanks, taking me over to weapons battalion and like teaching me all the different stuff. And he would, he just like grabbed me and was like, Hey, RP, let's go. Let's go for a walk. And he would just kind of teach me. And I was like, Man, this is really cool. Um, and, and, and a favor. So, like, he would do that. I would, I always got a lot of care packages for my church. Like, I, my church ended up giving me enough care packages to give for Christmas to give over 2,000 Marines like a really good gift, like Gerbers, Praise DVD players. And stuff like that. But one thing that my uh, sergeant major wanted was foot powder every day. So <laughs> I would I would always get a bunch of foot powder and I'd sit out of his tent and uh, and then he would be surprised to have that. So that's kind of getting off target or topic. But anyways, I'm walking back. I'm walking by the sergeant major. I'm right there, and it was like immediately right, right when I went around that turn, the guy killed himself. And uh, my sergeant major, he was standing exactly where I was at. He ended up dying. Um, that Marine I was standing next to, he lost both of his legs um, and a bunch of other injuries. And then we had a female Marine that died. Our interpreter died. And it was, uh, it was scary. Like, we, we didn't know what it was. We thought it was mortars coming in. We didn't know what, what took place, what happened, and it, everything was kind of blurred. I was thrown. I don't know if I was knocked out uh, or or what it was. I just remember being thrown and then seeing the chaplain, like, laying on the ground, trying to, to move and crawl. So I grabbed him by, by, back of his flack and, like, dragged him 25-plus yards to get under shelter to so we can make sure, so we can get secure the area and see what's going on. And uh, it was scary. I mean, um, I, I remember staying over our interpreter, uh, Jimmy. I, I ended up building a really good relationship with him, and, you know, I, I, I tried keeping him awake while the corn was trying to, you know, patch him up and stuff like that. And I watched him take his last breath and just that that image is right there. So it was definitely a very hard day um, uh, for that. And my back is still jacked up from it. Like I don't have full rotation with my right arm. And that's kind of why I stopped training in the martial arts. So it was a very crazy time in my life when I came back from Iraq where why I opened up a martial arts school and stuff like that. But one thing I want to point out is this took me years and probably within the past year or two to really realize how can I tie my story in with other professionals, whether it helps them in their faith, helps them as an entrepreneur or whatever it may be. And when, when I look back and I, I like oversee, I can see like movement of every single person and what their job was and what they were going to do. Everyone knew their place. They were ready. They were mission ready. And when something happened, they were ready to act and move accordingly. We had Marines that went out and patrol the city to see if there was any other things because we thought it was mortars coming in. We had this corpsman that, that are uh, reviving all, all the injured and taking care of them. We had helicopters coming in to medevac all the people that got injured. I mean, everyone knew their place and what they were going to do. And it was all from the the training and being mission ready that led us to being prepared for that moment. And you can't prepare for anything like this, but we were ready where we knew our position in our place. Prepared as good exactly. as you could be, right? Exactly. And, and it's identifying those different threats. And uh, I, I really take time in my life to really understand, like, okay, what are some threats in my life and in business or clients when they come to me and saying, hey, what are, what are some threats that I need to be prepared for and identify them so that I can have a plan and I can execute the mission. And so as, I, as I'm looking back at my time. With that suicide bombing, and then where I'm at professionally in my life, and all the all the the help that I've given to other entrepreneurs, it's like there's a couple main key things, and I break it down into five different threats, and I create an acronym where it's like ICE, where it's identify your threats, create a plan, and execute the mission. So you got to have a plan. You got to know. Well, first off, you got to identify what the problems are, what areas of your life that throws you off balance. So if you are ambushed, which I call that suicide bombing, being ambushed, but I call it anything in life that throws you off balance an ambush. So whether it's going to be (coughs) <coughs> Excuse me. Whether it's going to be like a client quitting, whether it's going to be uh, an objection on a sales call or a death in the family, someone gets sick or a car breaking down, no matter what it is, these are different th- uh, things and threats that can really throw you off balance. How are you going to respond to it? So um, being being part of the, the Marine Corps, I love acronyms. So I have one other acronym that I literally want, you know go by every single day and it's called the daily creed. And creed stands for your daily belief. And what, what the creed actually, what I broke it down to, it stands for commitment, resilience, excellence execution and discipline. So you got to be committed to the things that you want to achieve and you got to be, you got to look forward and know where it's at and not lower your standards. So, if your goal financially for your business is to make $10,000 that month and you're halfway through the month and you're at $3,000, so you're going to be like, hey, you know what? Next month, I'm going to lower it down to $7,000 for my goal. What you're doing right there is you are like lowering your standards. And when you lower your standards on one thing, you're going to start doing it on every aspect of your life. Whether it's going to be your business personally, your family, uh, kids, uh, being relaxed in your health, doesn't matter. So, because you're training yourself to to take the easy way and life is not easy. So, we want to make sure that we're we're committing to the things that we set out to do. What is our destination, destination? what's the roadmap, what's the GPS to be able to get there and then being resilient because we need to know that, okay, if your goal is to make $10,000, that's not going to be easy if you never made $10,000 before. If your goal is to make $100,000, that's not easy if you've never done it before but you got to be resilient knowing that you're going to be knocked down, knowing that clients are going to end up quitting, knowing that you're going to have these setbacks and these ambushes that are going to throw you off balance. So that's that part, and then the first E for excellence, and I kind of hit on it a second ago. But don't settle for okay. Don't settle for good enough. Give excellence and give your best on everything that you do. And don't don't be like okay, you know what? This is good enough. I'll I'll let it let it be, and I and then just settle for that. You got to give your excellence on everything that you do, and then you got to execute the mission. And then the the discipline is not just the, the the discipline to not eat that cookie that's on the counter, but it's having that emotional discipline on when a client comes to you uh, with a stressful situation or wanting to quit or whatever are you able to talk through it and speak of logic or tactfulness, what we say in the military? Are you able to speak with tactfulness to be able to, you know, walk them through of why they want to quit or the situation or the work or whatever that may be. And it's having that emotional discipline because that, that, that is probably my hardest thing for me is like, I can, I can respond off emotion very easy. And I have to check myself. It's like, Hey, you know what? Maybe there's a bigger overlaying issue here for, the, for them. And let's figure that out because we, we don't know what they're going through. We don't know what problems that they had or what they're facing. We want to be able to dial in and figure out what that is. So that's, awesome. that's the daily. Yeah. So that, that's the daily creed for that. Um, and when it comes to ice, I when it comes and uh, when it comes to like entrepreneurship, online coaching, whatever it may be, I pretty much identify five main, five main threats that uh, most people usually have when it comes to online coaching or service industries, when it comes to growing your business. And the first one's going to have like singularity of focus. If you are all over the place and you're a coach or a service person and you're offering a tw- hundred different things when it comes to your, your service and your products, well, people are going to confuse. And when a confused mind, when, when people are confused about your product and service and what you do, they're going to leave and find someone else. And you want to make sure that you have complete singularity of focus and choose one thing. And uh, I always talk about having serving one type of person with one problem and one process. So one person, one problem and one process, and then really dial into that and don't add more stuff until you're making a uh, hundred thousand or more with that and really master your craft when it comes to that. Um, I, I like to always talk about you know the generalist between a specialist. Like it's okay to be a generalist if you want to do anything and everything. That's okay, but to be a specialist, who's going to get paid more? And I use the the example analogy of like a doctor. So you got your primary care doctor who. Who sees you if you get a cough you get a broken leg you get whatever issue but if, if you have a broken leg he's gonna send you to the specialist that's going to help treat that who's yeah. gonna get paid more yeah. yeah who's gonna get paid more the specialist because your primary care doctor is not going to fix that he's gonna send you somewhere else to get the MRI whatever it may be so the second that's threat that's the that's second threat that's good that's,
1: good. that's yeah good. well it's good it's good that you brought that up because I was thinking before you went to number two is it was <laughs> we' were just talking about this this morning is that you know um, I got accepted into a to get my PhD in holistic nutrition right oh nice so I didn't know if I re- and you just confirmed to me some things. Uh, I didn't know if I really wanted to do it because I didn't really feel like I need, you know, it, even though I only have a bachelor's, you know, I have that with all my certifications and stuff. I now somebody came to me and said, Hey, a doctor came and said, Hey, you really need to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put you up for this program. Got accepted. Uh, didn't expect it. It was kind of a God thing. Right. Yeah. Um, at the same time I got accepted to that, I got my, my license in ministry to be a, an ordained minister all at the same time, JR, sure. like right at the same time. And so I'm glad that you brought that up. That's good. I'll let you go on. And I just, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But it just—it really hit home because you said, you know, the, the specialist, and I've became a specialist in my industry. I became a specialist in the nutrition industry and what we do, other people aren't doing, and it kind of puts a big bullseye on your back. But I—I—I I, I do exactly what you said. I just—I focus on on solving a problem that people
0: have. Yeah, like, you have to. I mean, there's as a nutritionist, a fitness coach, or a service industry, it doesn't matter. Like we we all want to be the hero and be able to help with anything and everything, and saying, hey, yeah, I'll help you with it, but. If you want to make like a good living online or uh, build a good living as an entrepreneur, you don't want to sell fifty dollars items. You want to sell high ticket type services, and the only way you're going to be able to do that is by having being a specialist in your field. Yeah. So yeah, so that that's the the first threat. The other one is lack of confidence. So this is the the threat that I, I feel is really really crucial because the thing is you gain confidence when you have clarity on your message and what you're selling and what you're what you what you can do to help people. And when you can lock down what your message is and what you can do to help people, your confidence. Is going to naturally come because a lot of people that I talk to and uh, coaches, they're like, "Yeah, I just I, I can't get out there and do it because I'm just not confident, or I just don't know how to sell it, or I don't know what to do." And it's like, well, you don't even know what you're doing yet. So you got to you got to nail down your message first and what you're doing and who you're helping before you can really get out there and start selling. And w- with that, you're going to gain more confidence in what you do. So lack of confidence and um, that one, and just kind of knowing your destination. The third threat that I like to do is like own your list, and this is this has come more recently where a lot. A lot of businesses nowadays, like uh, especially for online type coaches, <clears throat> they rely a hundred percent on social media to grow their business. Whether they're going to do paid ads or whether they're going to do Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, no matter what it was, the problem is you don't own any of those names and any of those prospects. And any day, Facebook can shut you down for whatever reason. Instagram will shut you down for any reason. TikTok. I just heard uh, yesterday. I was talking to one of my uh, employees, and he was saying he had a friend that they shut his TikTok down, and it was like, man, that that really stinks, <laughs> you know. And so, it's like, what are they going to do? So. If if you rely heavily with all your prospects being in a group or your social platform, whatever it is, then you're, you lose the opportunity to remarket and 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 sell to people over and over again. So the, the most important thing that you want to do is own your list. Get them through your world, get them into uh, building your email list and you can do so through different funnels. And that's, that's ultimately what I do is uh, help you guys build funnels so you can build your email list, your presence and the relationship and do it naturally. And I also focus more organically than I do even paid ads uh, because I think those are higher quality leads, even though it may take longer, you're getting higher quality leads, you're building a relationship more naturally, and it's just all around is just gonna be healthier for your business. Paid ads are not bad. Um I think there's a point when you need it, when you could do paid ads, but right in the beginning when you're just starting out, uh paid ads is not something I tried to recommend. But getting that getting out there on your list, building your building your email list so that way you have something of value and you can retarget and remarket to people. That's awesome.
1: I think I think it's it's funny you brought that up because I organically um and, and I don't know if you know a lot about my background, but you know I, I was in the I was in the top of the fitness industry for over 20 years, top, top 1%, multiple six figures. Um, You know, and this was, and, and JR. this is in the, this is in the eighties and nineties. Oh, wow. Like, like, like when, you know, when we didn't have, so, so we didn't have a cell phone. We didn't have, you know, I, I, I was, I was making, you know, I, I was making $2,000 a month in the fitness industry in the, in the nineties. That's awesome. Okay? When nobody else was making that money, people were making $500 a week. Right. Yeah. And, and I was creating, I create, I, 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 I made friends with the guy at the supplement shop who allowed me to buy stuff wholesale from him and then go and sell it. And so I created another $1,500 a month residual or really residual income because yeah. I allowed myself to do that. And so for me, I completely, cause I just, I just hired a coach too. Um, who's now helped me scale, which we believe is po- is, is going to be seven figures. So yeah. I, I, I've watched myself go from the, you know, from the 100,000 to 200 to 300. And now and I did that organically. And now I, I, I you know, like, like we were talking about this earlier, my friend Jim Baker, who has a biblical stewardship course, and he's a pastor, and his goal is to live off of the 10 to 20% and give the 80% away, right, which is yeah. which is what I want to do. And, uh, you know, when we were scaling our businesses, we, we it, you know, I introduced him to my coach, and, and we, and we started to scale these things. And we started realizing that God was really in the midst of all that we were doing. Like yeah. literally just when you said these things and, and, and I'll just tell you, um, I'm going to go back tonight and, and write down some of these things and really implement some of these things because I love, cause I, I learn from everybody. I'm, I'm oh, sure. I'm not going to, but I'm not, I, I'm not going to, I'm I, Jesus had 12, but he only had three that were really, really close that, that, that you know, I, I did this teaching. It was really funny. I, you brought up in employees and I've always wanted to bring in a young person that reminded me of myself because nobody ever guessed. Is this JR? But i I just turned 52 years old just recently. Oh, there you right? go. And, and I train and feel like I did when I was in my late 20s, early 30s, right? Yeah. I had a cellular age test done last year and it was minus 17, which out of millions of people that have been tested by this certain test that I do now with my clients, it was in the top 1%, right? Wow. It was in the levels of the <coughs> professional athletes. Like LeBron was minus 20. I was wow. minus 17. So you're looking at some of those things that I do that I want to be in the excellence part. I, I, I want to focus on a single thing I want to focus on you know it's really funny you'll appreciate this it just reminds me of everything you talked about and then I want to ask you another question is that um we one of my my coach said to me you know what the problem is is you and you said it people when when people ask you what you do people don't know what they do yeah and and he and he gave me this and I I, I, I didn't know if uh, I kind of felt the lord wanted me to join a BNI so I could connect Lisa and I with people in this area because we've never we've lived in the same area for 25 plus years we didn't know anybody right yeah and, but I didn't do it for the business obviously because I, I, I but I I wanted to be Build relationships and i wanted to serve the community right and 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 literally i started to realize that nobody in the bNI group knew what they did they they oh, all yeah. i'm a realtor no it, it, my coach said you you want to tell them that the problem that you could solve for people oh yeah. i take people who are looking for real estate and i teach them how to do this right now you know i take people who are professionals who have built organically and now they want to scale and do other things like you yeah. you teach people what you do is solve problems you're pro- you, like i'm a second chance coach like i solve people's problems that they've needed, that they've been beating their health head against the wall for years and years and years. So um, tell me a little bit more now. Maybe you can give some value. To this last question here is tell me some things that you're doing now that's making massive impact. So things from a business perspective, maybe some things that beyond this that people can uh, take away that you can share so people kind of know a little bit more about you and what you do and some of the success that you're having with people. Because I think it's important that people know, like, like I know, like I've looked up and saw what you do. I've seen your face. I've seen your funnels. I've seen all your stuff. Cause why? Cause I took an interest in knowing somebody that is like-minded like me that I, I don't want to have t- Tim. Our friend Tim came here and stayed with me. And he said, Mike, you have all, he said, you have people that would pay you $20,000 just for your Google drive. Like yeah. you have, you were in two high level masterminds. You won all these awards. Like, you know, and, and, and a lot of people don't, a lot of pe- people know my story, but don't, you know, we, we had invested in a coach and he stole like close to half a million dollars from us. And. Oh, wow. Wow. And and I and I didn't point the finger at anybody, but I, I learned from it. I grew from it. Like I didn't, I, I looked at and, and acted about how Jesus would act about it. Right. And I, yeah. of course, everybody, I'm human. I'm going to be mad a little bit and 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 want to punch him in the nose a little bit. But I, I, I want to learn more about the significant things that you're doing right now to make an impact in the lives of others. Because I know you're doing that. And I want to know a little bit more about that and kind of where you are now. And maybe you can just, whatever the Lord leads on your heart, because I know you were working on some things when we were talking. And so some things maybe share one last couple things. And then we'll talk about how people can connect with you and get to know with you more. Share a little bit. Yeah. More about
0: that. So uh, it's I mentioned it earlier on, but I, I really believe that we need to wake up every single day with a servant's heart. You have to be out there ready to serve and help people. And it's not about the money or the new client or the other thing, or, uh, you know, it's not part of the package that they do. So I'm not going to be able to help them with it, but going above and beyond over promise and over deliver and just really be there for them is really going to make an impact on you and your business and, and your reputation on who you are as a person in your character. So it's not always about the transaction because I believe that God's going to help bring it back to you tenfold. So leading with the servant's heart, having a certification to helping people is something that I always talk about. Um, it is something I always try to do. <coughs> a couple, uh, <coughs> excuse me, a couple rituals I do. So I, I had set up like, uh, I call this my daily creed journal. So, like my daily creed journal, and it goes back to like my my commitment and resilience and excellence and all those different things, and knowing my destination is every single morning I write down the things that I'm committing to. So, like one of them, top of the list is I'm committed to my wife. What does that look like? And I, I just give really basic things on it. I'm committed to my wife. I'm committed to leading my family. I'm and uh, committed to my my financial goal that I want to do, and all these different things. And I have a like probably 15 to 20 different bullet points, and I do that. Because it's transforming my mind. It's making me think full, uh, front forward, one foot in front of the other and not settling. So before when I started doing my Daily Creed Journal, I was, my goals were literally too small. And I was like, you know what? I, may, I need to make this bigger. Because like the other day or the beginning of, the, of September, I, I made my financial goal. I put it on a piece of paper. And then I was going through and putting all my numbers in yesterday. I was like, man, I already hit my goal. And I wasn't even trying to do it. And I thought my goal was actually really high. Uh, it was higher than, than what it normally is for the month. And I didn't realize that I hit it. It's just all by accident. Um, so I, I try to write down those different things. I look at them at night. And that way, I'm always thinking about it. This is what I'm committing to. And I'm going to push through until I get there. And I'm staying with it. Another one of my commitments is I never want to be another W 2 employee ever. So I, uh, me
1: neither. Never.
0: <laughs> yeah, Never so, doing that ever again. Well, I've been in the material handling, um, sales corporate world for the past six years. And it wasn't until recently where I got fired from my job. It was like three or four weeks ago. And, uh, it, I was planning my my personal business was growing really good. And I was spending more time doing it. And it was, I was planning on quitting after the new year, after the baby came and stuff like that. And, uh, it, it just came sooner than the thought. They found out about my business. They saw my post, in they were trying and find a way to let me go. And I was meeting my numbers and my quota. So there's no reason for that, but that's that's all debatable. So, but never want to be a W2 employee. And there are times like, man, I want to, I want it easy. But it's like, no, that's why I have my Daily Creed Journal. So I remember why it's not easy. I'm staying committed to that. Um, the other thing is learning to time block. And I I, I can, it's scripting your day the night before. Um, people, you know, you, I look back and I think it's funny. It's like the number one question that I hear from most people and entrepreneurs is how to be more efficient with their time. And you think, I, I look back and I'm like, man, that, that seems like, the easiest thing is the funniest thing but that's like one of the most biggest things that people struggle with is time management and nice. learning how to how to do that yes so essentially it starts the night before you got to script your day and i have three main things you have to do a full-out brain dump and I, I go by a craig valentine's uh, theory or what he teaches he's the founder of perfect day formula um and i used to be part of his coaching program and really learned this from him um but i added some of my own my own flavor to it so but you do i do a brain dump 10 different tasks that i gotta get done the next day and i just i don't put a lot of thought into it all right i I gotta do this. I gotta do this. I gotta do this. And then comes a checklist. The other thing that after I do that, there you go, <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> after I do that, then I do my top three. So, what are your three money-making tasks? And you block out the time the next day. To, and these are the things that move the needle in your business. 100%. So, I always tell people like you need to focus on every single day when you wake up to improving your 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 services, your products and services, but also your customer experience. So, when it comes to these th- three money-making tasks, what are the three things that can move that can make your customer experience and your products and services? Better and move the needle in your business. The other, the other list underneath that is your top ten. So these are the ten people that you need to follow up with and contact the next day. You know, if it's a text message, if it's a, a follow up through a DM, a phone call, an email, doesn't matter. Who are the ten people that you need to make contact with the next day? And then I time block. So when you time block, the first thing you do is write write down the important stuff first, which is your family, your personal health, your personal life, all those different things. You mark you block those things out first, and then you start. uh, Then you put down your three money making tasks. This should be about 90 minutes. I like to give two hours, but 90 minutes to two hours a day. And if it's not all at the same time, split it up. But this is the time when you're most creative. You block that out, nothing interrupts it, and then you then you start marking in and blocking out different tasks that you got to do throughout the day. Yeah. So the time management, I do that. I have my daily creed journal that I. I follow with that and I try to stay committed to what my goals are. So those are those are a lot of my so my good. main things. And then so waking good. up with a servant's heart.
1: That's so good. And and thank you for I didn't realize how much you and I were alike. I just it's, <laughs> it's amazing when I sat down and I prayed for the people to be on JR and 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 hopefully you and I can have more discussions and more conversation because you know um I just um I was looking at you know your your your, your Miss Miss Natalie uh you know in her um you know her her picture of her being pregnant right now and I'm sure she's ready to get that baby out of there, right? Like it's yeah. it's Time she that. is,
0: but she's not. Like, she's excited to see the baby, but we're like, we got way too many house projects to get done before she comes.
1: I get it. I get it. And so, so, so having. You know- <laughs> It is special and and one of the things that, that i really liked about what you said is i learned the same system from a 17 year old caleb maddox right oh he's amazing i love and, Caleb. And, and i i i had him i was in a uh, mastermind his dad invited me to come and, and be a part of their mastermind um and and sit in on one of sessions that caleb taught and caleb taught that exact thing how he breaks up his time blocks and his data and i do that every single day i, I took some more notes so i can kind of add i'm always tweaking and learning and growing it because i believe it's important you know i, I showed you here but people probably can't see because you know whether you if you're listening on 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 iTunes or or Anchor or whatever you're listening to it on, you can't see, but I I have this list of circles of things, and then things that I have to accomplish every day, and and I don't, you know, like there's thing there's a thing on there that says a video for Tim, and I did it today. I haven't crossed it off yet, so I cross it off. And as I go through these things, I cross it off. Like I'm I'm in the process. My coach gave me a, a, a course content creator a course that he created that sold millions, and and he said once you, he says, I know you're all anxi- I have anxiety, having anxiety. About these courses and doing, I said, hey, he said, all of your anxiety will go out the window like a cloud of dust. Yeah. Oof, after you watch my course, I watched like the first ten minutes of. I'm like, of course, now I know why it's not that stressful. But I love what you said the Daily Creed and the Daily Journal. <coughs> so I just wanted to say, uh, Sinus, tell us how people can connect with you and how people can know a little bit more about what you do. And now I, I, I just want to say this: it's, it's super encouraging how God closes doors when we're not ready for them to be closed. Oh yeah. And 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 Jr. I had a dream at the beginning of 2020 where God showed me my, I was in a dream and it came in from a side door and there was all these doors in front of me and these doors behind me. And I said, well, what are those? He said, that's your that's your past. Yeah. He said, and this is your future. And I want you to walk closer with me through your future. And I think it's great that you that you have that vision, you have that purpose and, and and you're doing that. So tell people how they can connect with you um, and get to know you a little bit better.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm mainly on Facebook. Uh, I love the community on Facebook and I look at it as business media. And so that's where I spend all my time. So they just look up on Facebook at Jr. Spear, so and then just shoot me a DM. Join, accept, uh, send me a friend request. Join my groups. Uh, I have Fit Pro Funnels is the name of my business, so they can uh, join my join my community, my group where I give a lot of different tips and strategies on how they can automate and implement different uh, processes online that help them get more leads. Um, but yeah, that's the that's the the best way to be able to reach me. Awesome, guys!
1: Thank you uh, for those of you listening. Thank you, Jr. Thank you for for being here, brother. I I I, I love the content that we've put together today. I, I'm always I always look forward to listening to these at nighttime and taking more notes. I, I, I put them in a Google drive for my, for Don who, um, I don't know if Tim talked to you about Don, but Don and I has became our other accountability partner. So we meet every week, Tim and Don and I, and Don does my editing for my podcast and I turned them on to my VA. So it's one less expense I have to do for my podcast now, because there you go. It, when you, when you build solid quality relationships with people, um, with like-minded people, God just makes things better and makes things more efficient. So I'm grateful that I got to hear your story because i'm super inspired to know you better um and just I'm, I'm grateful for the things that you've done and the people that you've served and how god is using you so thank you for that and guys if you're listening Appreciate the it. only way people get to hear this is if you subscribe and you share um so go and subscribe uh when this goes live and and guys listen these podcasts that we've been having have been absolutely epic my wife listens to them and she's like honey i didn't realize how God was leading and guiding every single person that's been speaking and their and their stories. And I had one today with my friend Michael, and I didn't realize a lot about his story. And so it, that's how you get people to listen. So um, I'm grateful that that we had this time together today. And got, and guys, so just thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the he Fluence podcast. And as I say every time when we close, love God, love people, and live with vision. Have a vision and a purpose. You know, God has a perfect plan <coughs> for your life. And 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 I said this at the at that God gave me a vision this year of pumping the brakes on his permissible will and walking out his perfect will. So I pray that for you today and say thank you again for listening to the Heat Freelance Podcast. God bless. Have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye.